Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to None of the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel, joined as always by Tony DeNicola. Tony, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, getting ready for Christmas this weekend, you know? Just hanging out, getting ready for some football, trying to get through one more day of work. Yeah, same here. Um <clears throat> Thankfully, uh, my Christmas shopping's done. Another thing popped up that I can get that I'm going to go get tomorrow. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm all set. I have nothing really to worry about. It's all smooth sailing. So, um, all right, full disclosure, uh, we wanted to do this show about an hour and a half ago. But uh, we couldn't because of me. So I haven't told you why. So here's why. You've been to my house. So you see my driveway, right? Yes. My driveway is very long, and the lip of my driveway, where the grass and the driveway meet, there's probably about an inch fall, which, you know, in Buffalo, uh, when driving a a Volkswagen Jetta, might as well be a cliff. Such a chick car. Um, So, yes, it is. And uh, being a hot chick, I am very comfortable driving it. I uh, got stuck in my own grass, destroyed my own lawn, trying to get it out, had to help, had to rely on the father-in-law to uh, come with his pickup truck to tow my little wussy car out. So needless to say, when he pulled my manhood, or when uh, I say he pulled my manhood, whoops, a little manhood, with a weird tongue there. Uh, yeah, he hugged your manhood. So my man hugged. My he did. Um, no, uh, when he pulled my car out, needless to say, my manhood was sort of ripped from me when uh, he used his uh, Chevy Silverado to pull my Jetta out. So. That was a long debacle. It was about an hour debacle because I the last thing I wanted to do was call him and bother him on uh you know on a night where he was just relaxing and um unfortunately I had to so we did he pulled the car out and uh, like I said a little bit of my manhood is uh, gone after uh, watching again my father in law uh, who is you know my wife's uh, you know my wife's hero for all intents and purposes um pull her husband's Jetta out of his lawn. Uh, the lawn, which is now destroyed, like I said, there's a nice. Right, well, I mean, we're, we're, I probably dug down about a good six to eight inches. So now, um, um, yeah, real quick, you you mentioned you lost part of your manhood. Um, it is the holiday yeah. season, and I just want to wish uh, happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners out there. And in case you weren't aware, a uh, Jewish circumcision is known as a bris. So basically, you had a bris. I had a bris. I'm not religious at all, um, so I uh, was unaware of that. Um, you know, it, I didn't know until I was probably about 20 that Christmas was actually Christmas or something like that, wherever that's supposed to mean. So, uh, yeah. So, again, yeah, it was uh, – might as well have been a bris, yeah. Yeah. And the only Very reason I know that term moment. is uh, – yeah. But the only reason I know that term is due to Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is an amazing movie. I see that movie so long with a young Dave Chappelle. It was a good movie. So that's what happened. Um, and uh, you know what? Even being a, a veteran of uh, the Iraq War, uh, even that couldn't save my manhood. I mean, it really couldn't. So feeling a little bit more feminine today um, than normal. So uh, on that note, Tony, let's talk some football, buddy. Um, yes. What do you want to talk about first? Oh, you know what? No, no, no. Let's block off some time. Let's block off 
You know what? You this is actually good. I'm gonna give you because you know I'm gonna give you five minutes. I'm gonna put my phone on mute, mm. and uh, I'm just gonna let you rant about the uh, Syracuse Orange. So go ahead. Oh, Cuse! I love my Cuse. Born and raised. I'm one of the biggest SU basketball fans around. And for those of you listening, maybe a month, month and a half ago, we did an orange preview on the season. And you asked me at one point, what is the ceiling for this team? And I had my hopes up, as we all did here in Syracuse, thinking this was an Elite Eight, perhaps Final Four type talent team. And we just got waxed at home last night by St. John's by 33 points. This team is just a complete and utter dumpster fire. I, I, I'm not upset by the losing so much. I'm upset that last night that team just absolutely quit. They gave up. It's a disgrace to Syracuse basketball. It's a disgrace to everyone that came before them. On the same week that we honored the great Pearl Washington on Saturday against Georgetown, for this team to just quit it. I I have never heard the Dome have so much visceral hate and to boo the home team like that. Like, in all the years I've been a fan, in the 38, 39-something years Beheim's been coaching, he has never had a squad just play this terribly. It's They can't play defense. They can't play together. There's no heart. There's no intensity. The best part of the game was with under two minutes left when he sent in the walk-on. And those guys were flying up and down the court. Like, they wanted to be there. They, they wanted to play hard. It, it's an, uh, it's – I don't even that mad about it. I'm just so disappointed in this team. Like, what is wrong with them? And if, if Beheim wants to send a message to him, and I think they've earned the right, the next game, they should start the walk-ons at the beginning of the game for the first two minutes and let them show the starters what it means to wear a Syracuse jersey and how to represent it. But, it, man, it's been my dream my entire life. And I finally had the financial means and the time. This is the first time I've gotten SU season tickets. And for this team to play the way it does, like, I'm just – God, we're getting to Cleveland Browns level where I want to wear a bag over my face when I go to the game. And I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate it. This isn't the most handsome mug in the world. But it's – man, it's an atrocity. I just – I'm so fed up with this team. It's unbelievable. All right, that was uh, that was Tony about the Syracuse Orange, uh, perfectly stated. So let's talk about stuff that uh, people outside of Central New York care about, and that is the NFL. I thought you were going to do the rest of it. Damn it! All right. So anyway, oh my um, bad. Yeah, no, whatever. Um, so we are going to uh, we're going to jump right into your team. You know what? You're going to be you're you're pulling a lot of the weight the first half of the show here. So. Um, your Dallas Cowboys uh, didn't look good against the Giants. Yep. Didn't look good the week before, but looked really good against Tampa, um, offensively anyway. Defense, you know what? Jameis made some mistakes, but uh, even still, I thought you guys looked pretty good on defense. Your bend don't break uh, defense has been, you know, doing that all year, and you can win a Super Bowl like that. So, what about the Cowboys? Are you looking forward to in the playoffs? Uh, are you nervous about in the playoffs? I mean, just sort of give me your overview of the Cowboys going forward and what your expectation of the team is. I'm not so much nervous. I'm excited, man. I mean, and you mentioned that Ben, but don't break defense. And all of a sudden, the last few games, David Irving, um, the DN, apparently we have a pass rush. 
which just came out of nowhere, which is amazing. I mean, this guy plays like a third of the snaps, and they basically – Tampa had to bench their right tackle because he was unblockable. Got two sacks, I think uh, eight QB hurries slash pressures. The guy was unbelievable. We got some turnovers. I mean, and, of course, the offense was clicking as always. Well, not always, but, you know, as they have been most of the year. Um, Dak was great. I mean, what a statement game by Dak, too. When the chips are on the line, primetime football, he completes 32 of 36 passes, the second highest completion percentage in NFL history with, you know, minimum 30 attempts. But the guy looked phenomenal. I mean, Zeke was a beast. Everything was just clicking for him. And to be a Tampa team that was on the roll on a roll like that, it's it's a great statement win. It's a great way to bounce back from the last game. And I mentioned it last week, but I didn't think they would go toward Romo. I think this finally just squashes all that talk. Like this is Dak's team. You know, unless Dak gets injured, that the whole idea of Romo coming back in is just completely gone and buried, and they can just move on from this point. And um you know, if we're talking Dallas in this game, you have to bring up Zeke's run into the kettlebell. I, that you, you, uh, most hilarious thing, and the fact too that he jumped in the bell, and then I think donations. The Salvation Army got eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars now in online donations as part of that marketing. I think they said it was worth something like four million dollars of uh, of marketing just that run itself. It's it's a great thing, and it's a great worthy cause. And the fact, too, that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is so butthurt about it, and uh, your boy there, Beckham, is a little butthurt as well. It's a bit ridiculous, but I don't know, it's a great game, great win by the boys, and I can't wait to see what they do against Detroit Monday night. Yeah, uh, 100% agree with you about Beckham whining about it. It's like – you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff that happens in life is self-imposed, and as much as people don't want to admit it, and Odell Beckham, quote unquote, thinking he has a target, that's a him problem. That's not anybody else's. You can't even blame the refs for that. I do agree. There are times when I thought they were a little biased. Uh, most specifically, the Xavier Rhodes thing in the Minnesota game, like three months ago. But you know, but uh, no, I thought it was a great thing. He jumped in the jumped Salvation Army. Um, uh, 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 whatever cauldron, whatever you want to call that thing. You know what? My definition of a kettlebell is different than yours, Tony. I mean, look at these shoulders. We're Skyping right now, you know. These The shoulders are out. So, uh, you keep calling it a little kettlebell. I'll stick with cauldron. Um, yeah. Anyway. If you keep uh, doing those uh, yeah. those shoulder shrugs, you might be able to squeeze that gap tooth back into place. It doesn't work, man. I thought wisdom teeth would push it, but the gap was too strong. It pushed my wisdom teeth right to the back of my face. So... Yeah. Um, For those of you listening, I I know 90% of you have never seen Bill Kegel in real life, but just imagine a short, white, unathletic version of Michael Strahan, and that's Bill Kegel. How dare you call me white, sir? How dare you? Um, You're like Wonder Bread. I'm not unathletic. I'm so so angry. Granted, I'll never... (laughs) I I might as well be a giant walking marshmallow with a gap. Um... The unathletic thing, I will uh, I'll dispute. Um, I can juggle Tony and stand on a soccer ball while doing it. I don't know if Strahan could do that. Um, anyway, uh, I can't juggle, honestly. Uh, if if, uh, if there were some tennis balls in here, I'd probably do it while I was talking just to prove to you that I can. So, anyway, um, yeah, the Cowboys, I, I you know, I still think they're the favorites. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. They actually might be, as far as 
I mean, if you think all aspects of uh, football, special teams, uh, you know, defense and offense, obviously, I, I think they might be the most balanced and probably the best team in the league, even over the Patriots. But definitely in the NFC, the Giants are just a matchup nightmare for for whatever reason with them. But uh, I, uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't feel 100% confident going into the uh, playoffs. And uh, if we win in the first round, I say we because uh, I've donated. Uh, you know, just based on uh, based on you know what? Hold on, I got a quick sidebar here, and you, I want I want to know you come on to this. So I feel like I've spent enough money in my lifetime, my thirty three years on this earth, probably twenty eight of them a conscious Giants fan. I probably spent enough money to be part of the damn team at this point, right? You would think of but between going to Giants games, buying Giants apparel, um, driving to New York to go to the Giants event, although that was more of a treat for me than them, I'm sure. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not saying we. So whatever, f off, everybody. Go ahead. Uh, you do have that nice uh, salute the service Giants hoodie as well, too, which I got to admit looks, looks looks good. I'll give you some credit on that one. Yeah, it's a good-looking hoodie. It's my favorite hoodie. It's very comfortable. It's actually bouncing around here somewhere. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I say we. But the Giants, playing Dallas in the playoffs right now, I, I mean, if, if they were to meet them in the second round, I'm, I'm telling you, I would not feel 100% confident about it. Or, uh, it, or I shouldn't say second round, but any round, of the, any round of the playoffs, trust me, I don't feel – that great about it. Um, thank you for getting the Dallas star in there for me. I appreciate it. So um, that being said, I think the most dangerous team going to the playoffs are the green Bay Packers right now. I mean, they're hot. Their defense is creating turnovers. Aaron Rodgers looks back Aaron Rodgers, like, which I don't see when he didn't, but that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a media thing that, you know, people needed to write about. Uh, Ty Montgomery looked fantastic. And uh, Christine Michael, a good pickup. And I, I just like a lot of what they're doing, man. And they're really scary. I think their defense is coming along. Uh, like I said, they're not good, but they'll create turnovers. Yeah, and uh, fun little thing about the Green Bay game. Um, I got roped into going to a family Christmas party at the in-laws this past Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I had, I had five plans. I brought my phone with me. I subscribed to Red Zone on my cell phone. And I told the fiance and the mother-in-law, like, listen, I'll try to interact as much as I can at the party. But sometimes I'll be off in the corner kind of watching the games. So we get over to her uh, Aunt M's house. And I happen to notice that Aunt M has a giant, gorgeous, 55-inch Samsung TV in the living room. And then it clicks in my head, like, hey, if I just give her $10, I could order Red Zone on this puppy. I don't have to watch it on a tiny screen. I can still interact with people. Life is good. So, you know, I don't clear this with the uh, fiancé beforehand, and I go up to her Aunt M while she's talking to her, and, of course, uh, I paid for this later on down the road. Like, hey, do you mind if I order Red Zone? I'll give you $10. Oh, sure, honey, no problem. Go ahead, order it. You know, the uh, fiancé gives me the disapproving look and basically the sneer, and uh, I go in, I order it, and I'm watching by myself, enjoying some of the games, Next thing you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, every member of her family that has testosterone is over there watching the games with me. I mean, uncles, cousins, sons, all, you know, 12, 15 of us are over there watching the game. We start talking, and I'm talking to, you know, her uncles. Um, You know, one turns out is a Giants fan. Uh, Another one is a Packers fan. And the last one is a Bears fan. So that Green Bay-Chicago game is going on, and it's tied up. Uh, late in the game, and her one uncle, who's a Bears fan, just goes to the bathroom for a quick moment. That precise moment that he's gone, Aaron Rodgers throws that 60-yard Hail Mary to Jordy Nelson to set them up for the game-time field goal. You know, we're screaming, we're going nuts. He comes back off in the bathroom, and he's like, oh, what happened? And we explain the Hail Mary and how they're going to try to uh, win the game with a field goal. 
And he's like, you're kidding me, right? And we're like, oh, no. Next thing you know, the Bears line – or not the Bears, but the Packers line up, hit the kick. And uh, her uncle looks at us. He's like, well, guys, it was uh, great seeing you. Have a good Christmas, and I'll talk to you later. Literally walks out the door. Gone for the rest of the party. Most uh, most hilarious thing. I, I was like, ah, he's got to be kidding, right? He'll be back. You know, five minutes go by, 15. Next thing you know, the party's winding down. Her uncle never comes back. This poor Bears fan just could not take another heartbreak this season and just straight up bounce. Just amazing. I I loved it, man. It, nothing brings together the men in the family more than the NFL. And it's funny to watch, too, because we're all in the living room watching all these games. And all the women are on the other side of the room over by the kitchen table. It was basically like a junior high dance where the guys didn't know how to approach the women at all. But this time it was vice versa, and the uh, the women didn't know what to do with the men at that point, which is uh, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, that that's awesome. I, I love that story. I love that you uh, that you told it on the show because you gave me parts of it earlier. So um, that's that's hilarious. So, um, but yeah, no, to the Packers game. Um, what do we think about Matt Barkley? What do you, I mean? I, I know we're a little bit off of uh, what we discussed, but what did you think about Matt Barkley in that game? I mean, he he looked competent, right? Is he the quarterback of their future? Oh yeah, is Jay Cutler the quarterback of the Bills' future? I, I I'd like to see two more games out of him, but he's got a good uh, he's got a good rapport with that Meredith kid, the wide receiver, and we'll see with uh, yeah. Jeffrey coming back now off of suspension if they can uh, hook up as well, but. Yeah, I like what I've seen so far. I, it's too early to tell if he's the, you know, the QB of the future. I, I'm not sure how long he's signed for, but I just I think the Cutler days in, in Chicago are over. And, uh, you know, might be looking at the Cutler days in Buffalo, which I just think will be hilarious. But yeah, that's a topic for another day. But, yeah, I like what I've seen so far. I just I need to see a little bit more. No, I'm. Uh, I agree with you, um, but uh, I thought he looked good. I'm, I'm. I'm. I agree with everything you just said. So Green Bay, what team? All right, outside of the Giants, because I think you answered this already. But with the Giants, but some of the other teams that have a shot, even on the outside looking in. I mean, Tampa did end up playing you really well. Jameis actually didn't look terrible against you. I just think Dak was just so damn efficient that uh, I think that's ultimately won, won the game. Go ahead. Well, here's my problem with Jameis too. That um. His maturity at times, man, just kills me. At one point, they had a, a drive into the red zone, and I forget exactly what happened, but something didn't go his way, and he headbutted one of the Cowboys. Like he, the fifteen-yard yep. penalty, your drive's over. There's a field goal, and they lost by six. Like yep. that could have, that could have made a huge difference in the game. Like as the franchise player, as the quarterback, you cannot be that hot-headed. That's stupid. That's mind-boggling to me. No, I agree 100% with you. Actually, that's a great point. But I think Jameis is the kind of guy, I don't think he'll ever do that again. I think that that was actually really good for his I career. So. I know as silly as it sounds now, but, yeah, I think I think ultimately he's going to learn from that. He seems like the kind of guy that would. Yeah, it was, but no, it um, was bad. I 100% agree with it. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Go. Okay, nope, I 100% agree with that um, that assertion. I actually don't think – I think next year is going to be the big leap for them. I think they're going to make an Oakland-like leap next year, Tampa Bay I'm referring to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the playoff picture right now. Detroit, Atlanta doesn't scare me if I'm a Cowboys fan. Seattle, not really because I don't like their offensive line, and I think that their defense – little over – I don't want to say overrated, but maybe overstated, especially if Michael Bennett is 100%, who – don't kid yourself, people listening. Michael Bennett is their best player. Uh, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, Michael Bennett. Um, I don't know if you heard this at all, but he had the most amazing yeah. post-game quote I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah uh, for those who've never seen Key and Peel, there's an amazing sketch with a guy called Hingle McCringleberry. McCringleberry, where basically uh, they make fun of the NFL and their excessive celebration penalties. So McCringleberry does a thing where uh, in the rule book, it's okay if you do two pumps, two hip thrusts. But if you do a third, it's a flag. It's a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, so Bennett came out in the post game and he said, quote, <laughs> two pumps gets you a baby, three pumps gets you a fine. And this is in reference to during the game. He he had a big play. I think it was a sack or something. And he did the three-pump hip hip thrust and got flagged for it, which is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Do you think he did the three-pump hip thrust just two, uh, three times on purpose to see if he would get a flag um, instead of holding it back at two? Uh, Yeah, I I thought he should have slowed it down. Because he should have done the first two quick, like McCringleberry, and then kind of looked at the ref and then raise your hands and then do the third one at the end. I think he did it just so he can make a uh, say something about it at the post at the press conference. Um, even still, it's funny. Uh, do you hear what his brother described Eli as? Uh, Martellus no. Bennett referred to Eli as the old white dad who wears New Balances. <laughs> that was funny as hell. <laughs> Those two um, are so yeah. entertaining. They are entertaining, but both of them are really good player. Michael better than Marcellus, or Martellus, excuse me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think Seattle, I think their defense a little overstated. Losing Earl Thomas is massive. I, I really, man, I still think Dallas is the favorite to come out of the NFC as much as I would love to say it's the Giants. I really think they're still the team to beat. I think that offensive line is just absolutely trouble, and there's nobody in the league that can really do much against that offensive line. I mean, the Giants' defensive line somewhat can neutralize it, but – even still, I, I just think that they're still the best team in the league, and I think they're still my favorite to uh, to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I, I've got to agree, but not being a total homer, I will give credit where it's due, especially to your G-men. Last week, I, I said on this podcast that the Giants' defense was not world beaters. I was wrong, man. To go out and to hold Matthew Stafford, who I've said many times on this show, is one of my dark horses for MVP. To hold him to six points and not let them get in the end zone, that Giants defense has been incredible. So I've got to give them all the credit in the world. Um, yeah, the Giants Giants still scare me a bit, That just the matchup with the Cowboys. And Green Bay scares me a bit as well, too, because they're getting hot at the right time. They're getting all their players back healthy. And Montgomery at the running back position has just been like a lightning rod for them. Like that guy is just incredible. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just, no, I'm trying to get you to keep going. <laughs> I'm trying to look for my stats here. I had some. Uh, it's a good New York Giants defensive stats. So anyway, basically what I was uh, what I was going to get at is uh, the Giants defense since Week Eight. Um, I had some really good stats on them, and then for some reason I lost my friggin' phone, or I lost my my uh, my notes on my phone. I got to go back to the old way of doing things and just uh, and just start writing stuff down. For the love of God, I screwed up again. So anyway. Um, Tony, go ahead. Give your stats. Oh, God, I, you kill me sometimes. We gotta. We, I can't wait till the till next week when we fix all this delay and our production is better. And just if people saw how we do the show, it's amazing that we can get it off with the archaic methods we use right now. I mean, we get it done comes out decent but when we when we could talk live one-on-one it'll be so much quicker and better 
But um, I don't have a ton more stats on that. I do have a great quote uh, that I, I don't know who said it, but someone on Twitter, I wish I could give them credit for this. But uh, he's talking about your Giants and how um, Bob McAdoo looked like the first guy you'd see when they show the NASCAR driver pull into a pit stop. So I thought that was very, <laughs> very entertaining about your head coach. That's I can't, I, that's good I can't judge too much because mine is, you know, looks like one of the children from the corn grew up and got a headset. So. All right, so here's the thing. So in the Giants' last game, they have 18 takeaways, and um, they only had three in their first six games. So in the last eight games, they have had uh, 18 takeaways, so 21 in the season. They haven't allowed an opposing quarterback to post 100-plus passer ratings since week four, and they've only allowed 200-yard rushers this season. Um, that is uh, – I mean, those to me are telling stats. Um, for the Giants' defense, I think, I think their defense is uh, – this is this the defense does remind me a lot of the Super Bowl teams that but at the same time the offensive line doesn't and that's where I think that they won a lot of uh a lot of their games was controlling both sides of the line of scrimmage, not just one side and, and Eric Flowers is an absolute disaster. I do think I'd feel a ton better if the Giants would have made the uh the rumored trade at the trade deadline for um the uh the, the probably the the player I feel the the worst for in the NFL, Joe Thomas left tackle for the Cleveland Browns because he's been blocking people um, such as Jason Campbell and Johnny Manziel and Brian Hoyer. And uh, the list uh, goes on and on and on. So he's been, he's been in the league for 10 years. He's met 10 Pro Bowls. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best off of the linemen of all time. And it's really quite sad that the Giants couldn't pull a trigger and help him block uh, or help him get to the playoffs for the first time in his career. Maybe block a quarterback that, you know, debatable might go to the Hall of Fame first ballot. He'll definitely make it, but, uh, you know, the first time Hall of Fame. Thing. But, but anyway, let's jump to the AFC um, playoff. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that's who we want to start with. All right, the Chiefs sort of took a step back. I mean, I love them, um, but, Tony, I'm going to let you give yourself the credit. Um, last week, what did you say about them? Uh, I, at first I wasn't too sure about it. And then I, I said, you know what? I have total confidence. The Tennessee Titans will upset the Kansas city chiefs in Kansas city. And miraculously, I was right. I'm not often right on these bets, but this one, I, I, I had it completely. Um, and what I saw too, was that, uh, Tennessee just shut out Casey in the second half, outscored him 12 to nothing. I mean, they got him in, in position for, uh, for a game-winning field goal, Ryan Suckup, former Chief, nails it from 53 yards away. I mean, I've said it for a while now, man. Tennessee is a really good team. They've got a decent defense. They've got an amazing running game. They have a great quarterback. Mariota makes great throws. Doesn't turn the ball over. They've got weapons, man. And I just I love the way they're playing right now. I just I believe in this team. I mean, they went for it on fourth and five when they were down. Mariota converts it, and then Henry takes it in for a touchdown to get him close, and then they win with a field goal. Like I, I fully believe in Tennessee, man. I think they will end up winning that division. They're going to beat out Houston. I 100% agree with you, and uh, it will suck if they don't because I really think that they're the actual playoff team in in that count, in that uh, division. Uh, I don't like any of the other three. Obviously, Jacksonville just fired their head coach. They're an absolute dumpster fire. There are rumors that they are interviewing. Uh, Tom Coughlin are going to interview Tom Coughlin. Definitely very interested in Tom Coughlin. He's also been linked to Buffalo. I don't see Buffalo. I more see Jacksonville. But um, I would like for I like for him to come to Buffalo. Uh, hopefully, I can run into him at the Orchard Park uh, Target 
because if he does come here, I guess where Bill's going to be spending a lot of time at, at all the old people spots in Orchard Park, uh, trying to get a picture with uh, my Lord and Savior Tom Coughlin. Do you think uh, Tom Coughlin goes to Target and gets those uh, like retro '90s T-shirts or like retro '80s band T-shirts and just wears them around like a lot of uh, cool hipsters do now, where they never even heard of the band? Yeah, I could see him walking around with a Black Sabbath T-shirt from um, from uh, Target. Yeah, I have a. Uh, I actually was wearing it uh, yesterday. I have. Um, I think mine's from Old Navy, but I have a Top Gun T-shirt. And uh, Tony, on a scale from one to ten, how much? How how much would you say I love movies? Uh, I would say ten and a half at least. I've never seen Top Gun, but I have a Top Gun shirt, so I'm that hipster as well. I have a confession to make. I haven't seen Top Gun all the way through either, nor Star Wars. Well, Star Wars me either, but that's out of principle. I just I don't like sci-fi. I, you know, that movie's been done a thousand times. I mean, that that's essentially Star Wars is essentially retelling the Bible, but in a science fiction form. You know, do you go ahead. Do you realize now how many '80s movie fans, Tom Cruise fans, and how many just Star Wars nerds have just clicked off our podcast and how our our listenership has just dropped now because of that. Good. I don't want those people listening to this show, um, along with the people in church. Fuck them. Um, but, uh, whoa. <laughs> well, listen, you know what, Tony? Christmas. We are. How dare you, sir? <laughs> we are on the one, two, three. I think it's the fourth day of Hanukkah. How dare you? Mazel tov. Hey, mazel tov. You know what? Speaking of holidays, I'm supposed to go on my jag about freaking Rudolph. Old Rudy. Right. You want to save that for I'm the end of the now. show? No, no, yeah, no. We're, we're going to save that. We're, we're going to save it for the end of the show because I have thoughts on that That freaking – anyway, go on. Um, what are we talking about? And yeah, you know what? We're making a conscious decision right now, Tony, because we're doing a segment starting next week. We're going to curse a little bit. Um, again, organically, but we're not going to celebrate it. We're not going to drop any C words. That's going to be the worst one. We're going to do our best not to do that, but – you know what I looked at it as? Neither of us is funny or half as talented as uh, half of Bill Burr. But Bill Burr says uh, the C word all the time on his show. And uh, he's the number one rated comedy podcast on the planet, even bigger than Joe Rogan's. And if you want to hear some production and poor production value, just listen to his show. You can hear his dog walking around. He's, like, eating half the time. He's eating, like, celery sometimes. Like, so whatever, man. I, I think if you're entertaining, people will find you. Um Hence our numbers going down the last week. But go ahead, sorry. I'll I'll get us back on track here, get that train back in the trash. But uh, we were talking about the AFC South and Tennessee. Uh, I you can't talk AFC South without talking about the Houston Texans, man, and the huge move they made this past week, benching their seventy-two million dollar wet noodle arm quarterback Brock Osweiler and bringing in Tom Savage. And what do you know about Tom Savage? I know he went to three uh, colleges. Um, there's well, a little bit of concern about that. What's that? He went to three, but he only played at two. He played at Rutgers and Pitt. He transferred to Arizona, Pitt, yeah. but as soon as Rich Rod got the job, he transferred right back out. <laughs> Don't blame him. Um, no. So that's really about it, other than uh, he threw for more yards per attempt than that half than any, uh, any chunk of time that Brock Osweiler did. I also know he got a bigger ovation um, than uh, Kevin Everett when he stepped back onto uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium, um, which is, uh, you know, sad but true. Um, so, How does Osweiler uh, feel in that scenario? Know, 
Well, he did take his helmet off, and there's a lot of theories that uh, that he was crying, which actually isn't the most disturbing um, sort of secret image that happened on a uh, football field last week. Uh, Chargers security guard uh, took the crown for that. But Brock Osweiler, a close second, in crying with his helmet on. Yeah, I'm quite jealous of that Chargers uh, security guard, too, who was um, <laughs> seemed to be quite well endowed while looking at those Charger cheerleaders. But um, back I don't to know Houston, what was going on with that. Yeah, so Tom Savage has been uh, at Houston for three years. He's been in Bill O'Brien's system for a while now. He knows what he's doing more so than Osweiler. I mean, we've seen enough tape on Brock. The guy's terrible. Um, it's just funny he got taken out at this point in the year because this is around the same time that he got benched in favor of Peyton Manning on their role in the Super Bowl. Um, but, the, I mean, Osweiler, 2,700 yards this year through 14 games, 2,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, 16 picks, over a pick a game. That's just unacceptable. But I did do some research on his backup, Tom Savage. Uh, he's been at Houston for three years. He, he's very good in the pocket. Um, he's, you know, he doesn't freak out when the pocket's collapsing around him. He's got good poise. He was 8 of 13 versus the Blitz against the Jags. Not a huge sample size, but they had to make a change. And uh, apparently he is the uh, third uh, illegitimate brother of the Savage Boys. I'm talking about uh, Ben from Boy Meets World and Fred from The Wonder Years. There's no way that's true. That's not true, is it? I had you thinking it was for a second, so. <laughs> that's all I got on him. That's all I could ben find. Co- ben and <laughs> Tom Savage is massive. I don't think Corey and uh, – oh, Corey, what's his real name? Ben? Ben and what the hell? Ben, ben. Oh, yeah. One of my uh, favorite shows, Boy Meets World and Wonder Years. Ben Savage wasn't in Boy Meets World. His brother was, and I can't remember his name. I keep calling him Corey. No, Ben was in Boy Meets World. He played Corey, and Fred was in the Wonder Years. And now Fred is, uh, I believe, oh, a Oh, my bad. Producer. You're right. You're right. You know what? It takes a big yeah. man to admit when he's wrong, Tony. And I respect that. Um Yes. yes, no, I did not think that. I thought you were going to say Macho Man Randy Savage was like his uncle. Oh, so yeah, dig it. Let me do one. Do you think Tom yeah. Savage Come eats here, gyms before every game? Yeah. Oh, dig it. There's some weird domestic violence stuff going on with Elizabeth and uh, Randy there, so uh, we're not going to touch that, though. Um, oh, dark stuff. Uh, do you? Yeah, so – even with Tom Savage, I don't know if that team deserves, <laughs> just for the Brock Osweiler signing, deserves to make the playoffs. But um, I'm going to quote Michael Lombardi, which he said it's, uh, you know, the best swordsman in the world doesn't fear the second best swordsman in the world. He fears the most unknown swordsman. And uh, right now with Tom Savage, Houston is unknown. Who knows what they are? So there's a small sample size. And I actually think there's something to having a small sample size because, Think about quarterbacks that have sort of, I don't want to say burst onto the scene, but come onto the scene and had success. Ken Edwards went 5-1 and one before uh, he got his clock clean, and then uh, what did they drop, like uh, nine straight after that, eight straight? I'm drawing a complete blank, but uh, yeah. they, they dropped a lot once there's tape on them. Uh, once there's tape on you and you can't adjust to that, to that the defense is knowing what you are, then that's sort of the uh, that's sort of the unfortunate recipe uh, for uh, for just you know derailing your own career. But Tom Savage has the uh, the uh, the good fortune of uh, being so close to the playoffs that if he gets Texas into the or excuse me the Texans into the playoffs, then he um, 
you know, then he can sort of scare some people because there's not there's not going to be a whole lot of tape on him, you know, until the end of the playoffs or, you know, the beginning of next year. So that's good. The small sample size is a good thing. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, we've seen it this year with uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, he started off hot. They were renaming it Wentz Philadelphia. Yep. There wasn't a ton of film on him. He came out, you know, just on fire. And then once these teams figure him out a little, they get some game film on him. I, you know, it, they start to figure out what the guy can do and what he can't do and expose that. Um, this, I mean, yeah, this could be a, to Savage and Houston's advantage. They got uh, the Bengals at home who, you know, can try to play spoiler, but they're not the best team right now. Win that game. You got Tennessee next week for the division. It's all right in front of you. I mean, he may just come in and just take the league over and just, well, maybe not take it over, but just catch him off guard and, get, you know, get the Texans to the playoffs. I could see it. I could see it too, but I still like Tennessee overall as a um, as a playoff team. I think they're yeah. more fun. I like Mariota. I like I like what they do on the ground. I like their defense. You know, good, not great. Um, I think they deserve to go in, uh, and good for them because. They're, they're one of the few teams that has a legitimate identity, which is we're going to be pretty good on defense, and we're going to run the ball. We're going to control the clock. We're going to control, we're going to control the line of scrimmage, and we're going to beat you up. And if we need to throw, we have a quarterback that's perfectly capable. I mean, I think that's a good recipe, and I think that that team, super young, with, uh, with a running back like DeMarco Murray, who uh, dynamic as he did his last year in, in Dallas, um, I mean, I think that I think that they could be a force. I think I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them win a game, steal one in the first round for sure if they make it. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny. Um, you know, I, I just have to wedge Bills Mafia in here just to rip on them a little bit. But as many excuses as they make for Tyrod Taylor, oh, he hasn't had Watkins all year. He hasn't had receivers to throw to. Do you know Mariota's leading uh, pass catcher has 800 yards, and it's Matthews, and he's having an amazing year. And he also has a great running game, much like Buffalo does. So, sorry, Bills Mafia, but what other excuses do you have for Tyrod? They don't have one. Um, although, I'm going to make a quick excuse for Tyrod. I actually do think that that guy is salvageable with the correct coaching. But that is the problem. Like, mo- you know, not in Buffalo. Well, we'd say Super Bowl winning, Super Bowl winning caliber quarterbacks. Uh, don't need specific coaching in order to be successful. They're just successful because they're good quarterbacks. And I think this is inherently the problem with Tyrod, but at the same time, I don't think that there's a better option for them. I hear Jay Cutler getting thrown around. I hear Ryan Fitzpatrick. Both both of them sound way worse than Tyrod Taylor. E.J. Manuel, the um, essentially the more athletic version of Mike Glennon, which is funny because Bills fans, uh, Bills fans, we need Mike Lennon. It's like, oh, you have Mike Lennon. Uh, and that's, that's paraphrasing a tweet. Um, but it's just something that's sort of in everybody's face and nobody's seeing it. So I, I don't know. I do think it's silly that people are like, well, uh, Bills fans are uh, saying, let's give Cardale Jones a shot, see what he has. One, you're still in the playoff race, albeit hanging on by a thread. I mean, you're like Gomer Pyle in Full Metal Jacket trying to do a pull-up right now. But – Cardell Jones got benched for a fifth-year senior and a converted wide receiver. You, he is not good. He is not good. I think that fourth-round pick was a wasted pick where they could have addressed other issues, but instead they take another quarterback that has been inactive all year. It's ridiculous. I, I think it's ridiculous to think that, that Cardell Jones is even remotely an option, a quarterback, this early. See, i got to disagree with you a little bit on the Cardell thing. Um, I, I would love to see what that kid has. Just for the sure fact that uh, I don't know how many fans know about it, but there's 
there's um, a clause written in Tyrod's contract. If he gets injured and cannot play at all next year, his contract is locked in for $27.5 million. I do not want to take that risk that he gets his ACL blown out. He's gone all of next year. You still have to pay that guy and just completely hamstring your cap situation. Unfortunately, though, for Buffalo, yes, Bills fans, you still mathematically are still in it. I wish you had lost to Cleveland. I would have won our bet. And it would have been just much better long-term for your franchise, but it didn't happen. So now you still have these false expectations that every all six, seven, eight dominoes will fall your way and you can get in. And it's not going to happen. And you're just going to keep playing Tyrod. You're just going to keep spinning your wheels. You're going to finish eight and eight and not get a good pick next year and be out of the playoffs. Um, right, but do you understand the symbology of, of essentially quitting symbology? out of season by putting in Cardale Jones? What in the blue hell okay. is symbology? Symbolism? Yes, I get the symbology. is a real thing. I went to community college three times. All right, don't tell me about that. So literature. did I. I, so, I think I went four, so I got you beat. Right. Sad. Oh, we both have our PhD in community college studies, it sounds like. So, anyway, um, I uh, – I got – dude, listen. I got a C in communications, and now I do a podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's – it's it's funny what two jerk offs with a headphones can uh, can can do. And the sad thing is, we actually have a semi loyal fan base. It's even sadder that people are tuning into this. But uh, thank God, Matt. Uh, 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 Beyonce has a large Irish family. It's a lot of downloads. Thank, thank God. Thank God. And uh, you're very inept on are very uh, apt on Twitter. Not inept. Um, uh, but uh, oh, great! You just took your hoodie off. Sweet. Um, Anyway, uh, you you have the body of uh, King Kong Bundy, I just realized. You and King Kong Bundy have the same exact build. This is awesome. I, <laughs> I love that reference. And if I could get Hulk Hogan in a cage right now, I would be so amped. I want to relive WrestleMania yeah, well, right now. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, I think we're going to dive into the Bills next week in ways the Bills fans aren't going to appreciate. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know what, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this uh, shit show of a show up, please. Uh, you know what? We should read cursing. Why? Read the podcast. The, the, I said we were going to curse. I, I, you know what? I apologize. Um, to absolutely fucking no one. Um, no, but uh, no, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Let's get it. We'll give you a review of Zootopia. What do you think of Zootopia? Uh, I'm only halfway through, but, uh, you know, for – It's a kid's movie, right? I mean, it's a – it's a I, well, yeah. Sorry. All right. You know, give me a break here. Okay. We got we got a we got a new kitten in the house, and we're trying to integrate a kitten with five other cats and three other dogs. I live in Zootopia. I don't need to watch the movie. I live it. Okay. You know what? You've given me a lot. To Good think movie about. though. Did you watch? Do you got to the? You got to the sloth scene. Yeah, the DMV. I thought that was a perfect analogy for just how slow and painful and just. How you just want to take a drill to your temple that the, the experience of the DMV can be. As much as people when hate I him now, I, I, I love quoting yeah. Dane Cook, the comedian, how he would say, uh, being inside the DMV is being inside Satan's asshole. And yeah, I curse because you're up to nothing, so I'm going to keep pace. But it's it's so true. Okay. All right. So um, I thought there was something wrong with my uh, television when that scene came out, just how slow they were doing it. Anyway, that's one of the funniest things I've seen in the movie in like five years. So, 
right. Um, my quick, uh, my quick jag. I'm actually just going to read what I wrote to Maggie because it's already articulated basically how I want to, uh, how I want to, um, how I want to say it basically. So here we go. I'm not a fan of the recent groundswell against the, against the social injustices of Rudy. That's what I like to call Rudolph, by the way, which is uh, better than Dolph, honestly. Um, but what he suffered in Santa Claus is coming to town, but not only his peers, but his teachers and parents alike. It's truly sad that only now awareness has been raised for the immense bullying, mental trauma, and what I can only imagine are the horrifying images he must see when he closes his eyes at bed at night. Um, to go to bed at night, excuse me. Santa needs him because he... He didn't. He didn't want him around. Santa was on board with everyone else. He didn't want him around, and now all of a sudden, because he can use them, then uh, and that's supposed, it, it, that's some kind of message to children. Hey, treat your friends like crap unless you need them for something, and then yeah, they can be your friends again. If I was Rudolph, I'm like f off. Go get a mag light. Anyway, uh, I think light. that's an absolute atrocious, atrocious message to send to children, and uh, my daughter will not be watching that. Um, you know, if I want to teach her some bad habits, I'll just, I'll just make her watch, um, uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, I'll make her do that. You know, the the movie's horrible. It's, it's a pro bullying movie. I don't understand. I, I don't, I still to this day don't know what the good, the message is in that movie. There's a lot of weird, like, I I don't know. There's a lot of weird. And then the poor guy that wanted to be a dentist, where's his effing union representative? Like he's, screaming at everyone else gets to take a lunch break but he has to work through lunch so he has to be hungry the rest of the day why doesn't the dude just quit oh my god his boss is such an a-hole too it's ridiculous and, and then they go to the misfit toys which in and of itself is just horrifying horrifying I, I i don't get it man there's a lot of weird discrimination and uh and groupthink and um i don't know that's that that movie is just it, it's terrifying as a 33 year old it's terrifying to watch and I, i'm not even joking i wish i was kidding but that movie is beyond repulsive to me and um if anybody has any uh any any way to sort of help me see the movie in a different light go ahead and tweet me at b uh excuse me bill k eagle so um anyway that's all i had on the rudolph so go ahead tony what do you got Oh, I got nothing right now because that was amazing. I'm glad I muted myself because I just love how you go off in that movie. You were live tweeting it as we were both watching it at our respective households, and it was just some of the funniest stuff I've ever read and now heard. Yeah, um, uh, it's um, you know, it's it's a depressing movie. <sighs> I feel better though. They got off my chest though. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, so, all right. I won last week's bet. I took the Bills plus 10 to beat the Browns. Um, you have to watch Django. Um, so, yeah. you are – I am down two movies, by the way, so I uh, <laughs> haven't even got time. The good thing is, is I'm actually off um, on Monday, so hopefully Mon- or, excuse me, Saturday or Sunday night I can get probably both of those knocked out. I'm going to try. So, um all right, I got my movies. Yeah, South Carolina's 24, WWE Network, whatever, and ECW One Night Stand. I wrote 24 just so I remember the uh, 24-7 thing. So um, so you still owe me Dogfight and um, and uh, now Django. So in the second half of the right, we're going to – yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I trust you. Um, so, oops. Um, this week we're betting on the Rams Niners, right? 
and I do believe I had the spread. The the Rams are four point favorites um, over the Niners, and uh, I think I'm going to take the Rams here. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take uh, the Rams. And leave. Okay. Maybe the Skype might be uh, might be a little bit of a distraction here. Um, so. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams plus four and uh, – or, excuse me, minus four. And um, enjoy having Colin Kaepernick uh, determine another movie you have to watch. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, The Mill and The Fiancé are not to watch Django with you. Maybe The Fiancé, but not The Mill. I repeat. But You know what? Get get The Fiancé over here. Get her over here right now. I want her to hear me saying have- this. Uh, just, yeah, I just wanted to hear far that. Gone. She'll, she'll Whatever. Whatever. All right. So, well, the mill loves. <laughs> so Jamie sure she'll Fox. download it. She loves. She loves. Oh God! Why can't they? Uh, she loved any given Sunday. She loves Jamie Foxx. She'll love Django. Oh, she can handle any given Sunday in the locker room scene with camera. Whatever. What that thing was that Panther Tail Cameron Diaz was standing next to. Then she should be able to handle Django. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and um, all right, perfect. Then yeah, watch it with the mill and the uh, fiance. They'll enjoy it. I know I right. will. I'll take live uh, notes. I'll live tweet it out. Please, <laughs> please do. Mind you, <laughs> mind you, I watched that movie in an all black theater, and uh, not realizing a hundred percent what that movie was was um, when you watch it, you'll understand why uh, old. Uh, Old marshmallow uh, gap tooth back over here was uh, very uncomfortable, uh, especially during uh, a couple scenes um, that may or may not have been funny. So, that being said, um, Tony, what else do we have? What what else are we going to talk about? I forget. Oh, oh, I think we're skipping over a couple things. We we should talk the matchups coming up. I mean, we have some amazing Christmas Eve, Christmas Day matchups. Um, well, maybe not so much Christmas Eve. They're kind of blah. But, uh, you know, everything's good when you watch it on a red zone for me. So I'm not too worried about it. But uh, Christmas Day. Christ- yeah, Christmas Day. Christmas Ooh, Day. Steelers-Baltimore, buddy. Get yeah. Best rivalry in football. I mean, it's a bloodbath. On Christmas Day, like, you can't go wrong with that. And then Broncos at Chiefs for the nightcap. Two great defenses going at it. And the last game, the Sunday nighter, was amazing. I expect the same out of this one. I mean, the Broncos are playing for their playoff lives. And the Chiefs, you know. That's so much playing for the playoff lives, but still trying to win that division over the Raiders. I mean, and Ravens Steelers, that pretty much is for the end of or AFC North. I mean, two amazing, great games. And then Monday Night Football, we finally get a really good one, Lions Cowboys. I mean, these primetime games just aren't, you know, they're clicking on all cylinders now. Even Giants Eagles tonight, that'll be a good one. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, uh, man, the last week of the season, I mean, just jump ahead a little bit, it's shaping up to be something special. Um, just all the division games. I think the NFL really did a great job of scheduling. Um, I think yeah. they uh, – I think having all division games to, to end the season is just brilliant. I think there's – the last week is going to be fun. Um, if it wasn't for the Giants and Redskins game, I actually would be red zoning it all day, and my head would probably be spinning. But thankfully, I'm just going to watch that game, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get too out of hand. So, Well – uh, to your point, though, the Giants, um, if they win tonight and the Cowboys win, aren't the Giants just a lock for the five seed at that point? Because they clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Um, so hopefully that game means nothing if they win tonight because, um, because uh, yeah, yeah, they'll, 
they will. Oh, no, no, no. So, yeah, if Dallas wins, yeah, they go 13 wins, and the Giants can't do more better than 12. So, yeah, yeah. So, I think they would be locked into the five seed if uh, Dallas wins and um, they win tonight. So, they would have nothing to play for in week 17, which would be great. Yeah, and I'm calling it right now. I mean, it's I'm not really going on a limb here, but the Sunday night game that will get flexed is going to be Green Bay-Detroit for the division. It's it's a, as much as I want to see the Houston-Tennessee matchup, Green Bay-Detroit is just the much better watch for, for Sunday Night Football and the NFL ratings. Yeah, I agree. And um, I, do they flex Which, by the way, quick aside, I want to give a shout-out to my buddy, PJ, who's a diehard pack, giving me a lot of info on how to improve this podcast and the production. And, PJ, I, I guess mm-hmm. I'm sending it out there to you because I know you're going to listen. Um I know you're watching that game. You're going to have people over that Sunday night. I would love to get an invite to watch that game with you. I, I, it's going to be a great matchup, and I want to see it. I want to see it through a Packers' eyes, just see how, you know, how intense you are for that game and how you're just riding on every play. Yeah, and his setup is pretty sweet from what you showed me. So, yeah, um, hopefully you do get to do that. Oh, ridiculous so, um... man cave. The guy's a giant projection screen surround sound and he has three smaller lcd tvs up above it like like it's like being at a sports bar yeah and then no that credit is pretty too, sweet. much like you he's got an adorable little daughter that runs around who's into football you know rocking all her packers stuff and then an amazing wife who i'm sure has a bunch of delicious goodies she could cook up like that's a spot to be i need my invite man i need to go there yeah um Hopefully I can do that upstairs once we're working on some stuff in our, uh, in our attic. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can build some sort of uh, something replicable to that. But uh, that is a pretty good template for sure, because uh, that looks, uh, that looks like a great time up uh, in that, in that little man cave of his, it's pretty nice. So, um, and by pretty nice, I mean, damn nicer than anything I've uh, watched football in quite some time. So, um, but yeah, man, what man else cave makes me feel like the uh, San Diego Chargers security guard just, uh, you know, jerking it to the cheerleaders. All right, we're two for two because that's a swear. So, uh, all right, buddy, what else we got? Uh, uh, real quick, I we're going to wrap, wrap it up, up here because I want to watch the Thursday night game. Uh, got to give some credit out to uh, New England and the New England-Denver game. I mean, they, they got their revenge back from last year. New England's now won eight straight division titles, which is a new NFL record. And Brady and Belichick combined have 14 division titles together, which is a record for a QB head coach combo, which is just, you can't say enough about it. That's amazing that they never have to rebuild and just year after year after year, they're just phenomenal. I mean, it also helps to being in a division with the Jets and Bill's Mafia, but it's a great accomplishment. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, no, they played them really well. Uh, that, uh, for all intents and purposes, knocked Denver out. So, um, so yeah, I mean, big ups to New England. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is how many straight it would be um, if it wasn't for them going 11-5 and five with Matt Castle and, um, <laughs> and uh, not making the playoffs and not winning the division based on a very weird tiebreaker with Miami in 2008. You yep, there? Did I lose you? Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, oh, go ahead. No, that's all I got, man. I'm ready to watch some football. All right, buddy. Um, yeah, so watch Django. You'll enjoy it. It's a great movie. One of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. And um, and uh, be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we will do a Week 17 preview. That's all we're going to do. We're going to preview the division games that matter. That's it. We didn't have time for the Pro Bowl this week, but uh, I don't think any of you really care. Um, so Nobody cares about uh, the Pro Bowl anyway, so. 
No, the skills competition thing might make it a little interesting. So, Tony, if you don't have anything else, yeah. I am all set. And uh, go ahead. Uh, real quick, I will pimp us out. Uh, you guys can find oh. us, please, on Twitter. We want feedback. I am at TonyQuse44. He is at Bill K. Eagle. You can find the show at Under the Hoodies. Please visit the website, BackSportsPage.com. That is how you find us on any podcast app you may be using, how you find us on iTunes. Search Back Sports Page. Hit that subscribe button. Download Under the Hoodies. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Bill K. Eagle, Tony Q's 44, at Under the Hoodies. We want your feedback. We want your criticism, your opinions, good and bad. Hit me up. If you just want to roast me over the coals, that's fine as well. I'd love to hear from you guys. I love all any and all feedback. And also, too, check out Backsports, uh, BacksportsPage.com. Bill wrote a great article. Check it out. Pimp it out a little bit. You know, help them out because they help us. So that's all I got, man. All right, same here. Um, this is Bill Kegel. That's Tony DeNicola, and we are out. <laughs>